So we're, uh, what are we doing? We're talking about we're talking about Comic Con, right? That's what we're doing. A little sum up of Comic Con. Things we yeah, saw, that's the plan. things we didn't see, things we heard, things we felt. Yeah, all of that. You didn't try the bug bar. You still you didn't try it. I don't know what that means. The bug bar from from um, Snowpiercer. You didn't try that. Oh no, I chose not to eat crickets. That's not. They're not really crickets in the thing. I think they are. No, there's not. Oh my gosh, I don't know how. To, <laughs> it's not. It was a regular nutrition bar wrapped up in a special packaging. No, I don't think so. Why do you think there are crickets in it? Because it's called a cricket bar. It's for the show. It's a cricket bar on the show. It's not a real. It had peanuts in it. No, it's it's roaches on the show. No, what? It's a bug bar. There are no bugs in it. There were no bugs. The girl told me you had to, you had, could you couldn't eat it if you had a nut allergy or a shellfish allergy. Hang on, let me look this up. Obviously, they're not making it in the form of uh, that it would be on the show if there's shellfish in it. There are no shellfish in Snowpiercer, and if there are, they're not giving it to the people in the back of the train. You know that they didn't make that for the show, right? What? The bar, the cricket bar. What do you mean? Cricket bar is a company. No, the bug bar is for the show. The bug bar is the to plug the show. The bug bar is no, the thing. No, it was made by Cricket Bar. What is Cricket Bar? Okay, here we go. So I'm on their website right now. Oh boy, it's EXO Protein is the name of the company. Okay, they made the bug bars, and this is what their Why Crickets. Uh, this is what their Why Crickets thing says. Crickets, the closest thing to a perfect protein source this planet has ever seen. Turn these sustainable wonders into powder, add wholesome ingredients like apples and almonds, and you've got some damn delicious fuel. Most of the world has joined the bug-eating revolution. We're here to convert the rest. If you're looking for nutritional info, you'll find the specifics on each product's page. Mm. Ah, mm. What? No. I No. There was no bugs in it. Listen, first of all, if you want a perfect s- source of protein, <laughs> please stop right there. Zip. Ah, oh, yeah, everybody, welcome. To the media lunch break, bring you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and then enjoy a nice bug bar. My name is Chris Treble. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. Is bug bar what you call your penis? It may be. Or it may be. Yes, it is. Yep, it is. There's no other way to say this. It's 100% what I call my penis. Why? Is that weird? <laughs> what do you call your penis? Chris Treble. Well, you want to name it after its owner. I understand that. Oh, very good. Gotcha. Very good. Boom. I landed that so good. I'm really proud of that one. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good one. So we're here. We're, we're going to be talking about uh, Comic-Con. So the New York Comic-Con just wrapped up. Uh, as far as this recording is concerned, it wrapped up. It's today, Friday. Oh, it wrapped up uh, almost a week ago now. It feels so far yet... So soon. So, so soon. Um, Andrew and I went all four days. Uh, we saw some stuff. We're going to go over some of the stuff we saw, some of the stuff we liked, some of the stuff we didn't like, and some of the stuff we're just perplexed by. 
How do you want to? How do you want to break this down? Do you want to break this down by panels we saw? Do you want to break this down? Yeah, by... let's do like let's focus on panels by day. So start on Thursday and work our way forward. And then if stuff comes up to diverge from that, we can do that as well. So Thursday opened the con. And did we go to any panels? Did I go to any panels? You went to panels on Thursday. I don't think I did because I was there for most of the day. But a lot of the panels that... Uh, a lot of the really good panels this year. And this was a little weird for the con. I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Hey, Tony. Big fan of the show. Um... He, we were talking about how a lot of the good panels were kind of later in the day this time. Yeah. In fact, the only one I went to was at like 730 and it was the, um, how Game of Thrones was brought to life through photography panel. It was pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah. So how was that one? That was, you said that was really neat. What did they talk about? Yeah. They, well, there's like, they're releasing like six books or something that are all like coffee table photography books and they're. I, I can't remember the number they said, but I think they, I don't know if they were exaggerating, but I think they said this one woman was their photographer and had taken over a million photographs. Oh my gosh. And they were just now sorting through, finishing sorting through all of them and like putting them into individual books of like, one of them's going to be like the rehearsal process. I think they said one of them is all like landscapes. It's all like, um, I forget what the industry word is, but you know, the locations right. of like the buildings, either the buildings they created or like the beautiful horizons or right. the snow on the ground before and after they shoot the scenes and stuff like that. Um, and then one is just like straight up, we're filming and there's a photographer. She said that she felt super weird taking photographs a lot of the time because her job was to be out of the focus of the actors so that they wouldn't get distracted by the camera. But she also had to get good shots of the actors, which meant she had to be in front of them or at least like at their side, you know, around them. Yeah. And, um, I don't remember the actor's name because I have not seen game of Thrones, but, uh, she, I think it was, um, Arya Stark's dad, that actor. Um, they showed a picture. Sean Bean. No, is Arya the girl, the little girl? Yes, and Arya Stark's dad. Yeah, uh, Sean Bean. Yep. Oh, it's him. The what do we say to the god of death? Isn't that him? Uh, what do we say to the god of death? Oh, that was his. Um, that was her um, instructor. That was her fencing instructor. Yeah, that was or, like her teacher, teacher or something. I I don't know. It's it's some some old man. Uh, and she said, "Hey, for the so they they there was a scene that evidently took place in a small room." And so they had to build this room that was like 10 feet by 10 feet. And in that room, they needed cameras. They needed uh, the director, the producer, like writers, uh, vocal coaches, acting coaches, uh, not to mention the tables and chairs for the scene. And also there's this woman like taking pictures in this corner. And she said she had to be like right next to him the entire time. And she said, I'm so sorry if I'm distracting you. You know, just let me know if you need me to back off or whatever. And he said, dear, as soon as the cameras turn on, you won't be there anymore. No one will. That's my job. That's a good way of putting that. That's actually very yeah interesting. I mean, your job as an actor to, is to be in front of a camera. So if, you, if it's distracting that someone is holding a camera by you, uh, you're probably in the lo- wrong line of work anyway. Yes, but she said it totally put her at ease when he said that because she felt like she could do whatever she needed then. That's really good. That's that's a good story, actually. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that was the, I think that was the only panel on Thursday, right? Yeah. Okay, so Friday. We opened Friday yes. with a panel that was very important to you oh, more yeah. than any of us. Yeah. 
And that's the, the Steven Universe panel. Yeah. So the three of us went to the Steven Universe panel. Now, this... I really want to get your two cents on what that was so like. So funny you should say that. As someone, we have to preface it. Melinda, my girlfriend, and also like huge contributor to our show. She's like our director and partial producer and... She's written stuff. Thanks, and Melinda. And, yeah, she's great. So she, uh, she first of all, she was able to get an ADA bracelet, which is like disability bracelet, which gets you to the front of the line. And so we did that a ton. But she also, so she's a huge fan of Steven Universe. She watched the show like a million times. And she got me to watch it because we knew that there was a panel coming to the main stage at New York Comic Con. And I was like, well, I guess I should watch it if we're going to go to this thing. I want to know what's going on. You, so I'm a, she's an old fan. I'm a new fan. You know nothing about it. What was your experience like? I had seen cumulative, I had seen exactly zero seconds of Steven Universe before walking into this panel. Um, and I was... It was, I, there are no words. They should have sent a poet. <laughs> we were nearly um, in the front row. We were, we were really up front too. Like I felt kind of bad being there because again, I had seen, and I cannot stress this enough, negative 17 seconds of the show before going into this battle. And I was like second row center where some poor schmuck who like, totally cosplayed for Steven Universe and is all about this and has seen every single second, probably wanted to ask a question at the mic and couldn't wait to see their hero, Rebecca Sugar, was probably like all the way in the back and having to watch the entire panel on the giant monitors. But whatever, fuck them. So the point is, I went into this panel not having any, any idea what the hell was going on and what to do. And it was weird because, so first of all, we get in there and there's a band set up and Belinda's like, so we're going to sing songs now. And I was like, we, what do you mean? We, we're going to sing songs. <laughs> I was like, I thought I was going to be converted into a cult at some point. Yep. Were you? We're going to sing songs. It was interesting. It was an interesting experience to go to a panel about something that I've never seen before like last year we went to the dragon ball z panel um, because that is something you guys are very into and i'm not really into it but i know dragon ball z i don't know it a lot but i know enough essentially to know what it is right this i had it was completely fresh i had no idea what i was watching but what was interesting to be an outsider in that is to really understand the impact that a show can have on an audience and the relationship that that audience then gets with that show. I was actually really like impressed and almost touched actually the, 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 how much these people love this show and um, not just on a fan base, but they, they take it in as almost like a philosophy or a way of life of, the positivity that the show projects. Um, and if you want the, the honest to God epilogue after coming out of that panel, I'm now on episode eight or nine of season one of Steven universe. Oh, yeah, up. I was, yeah. So it was interesting because one, I was impressed by, it. I was like, wow, this is a show that clearly radiates some sort of positivity in the world and is a valuable lesson in just like, being positive and putting yourself out there. 
And that is something that the audience has really picked up. And then you can feel it in the room. There's not, there was not one ounce of negativity or skepticism in the room, which is really impressive for a convention of nerds. Um, and, but at the same time, it made me realize something that is very interesting about nerds in general and nerd culture. Uh, and that is, and I was, I was saying this to, to somebody afterwards. I've said this to a couple people now uh, is that, where we differ from normal people is that a normal person would have walked into that panel and watched it and in five minutes gone, I haven't understood half of the words that are coming out of people's mouth between like amethyst and this gem and revolution and rebels and blah, 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 and this and that and blah, blah. And so they would have, in five minutes, they would have just shut off and been like, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll daydream about something until this panel is over. Nerds, however, like I started watching the panel and hearing all these different terms and words that I don't understand what they are. And I go, well, well, fuck now I got to know what everything is now. Like that's the, <laughs> that's our philosophy of like, well now yeah, I like, got to oh, get into this think. and watch every single second of it. Cause now I have to understand every word I've heard during this panel. So now I have to yeah. watch every episode of Steven universe and the movie just so I know what I just saw. What do you think of the show so far? So far it's, I, I like it. It's not, it's not, I'm not like completely in love with it. Yeah, I was at the same. It, it took me until almost the end of the first season until I really got on board. Yeah, I'm not like a diehard fan. I do like it. I will say this. If you're, and hear me out on this comparison because you may, you may completely disagree with me at first. If you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you actually may really like this show. And the reason is, it is, I almost feel it's like the PG version of like a Rick and Morty. It is one of those shows that you, the humor is slightly off kilter. Um, now because it's a kid show, again, it's still not like offensive or graphic the way that Rick and Morty is, but it's slightly off kilter. But also it's one of those shows you just jump into the plot line. Like I found episode one, season one, episode one, and I started watching it and I, and it's just, it's not a setup for, for the rest of the show. It's not a traditional pilot. You're just in it, you know? Right. And you're like, you're going to pick up the details along the way, the same way that Rick and Morty is. And so I have found that where it's like, you're just in this world immediately. It's fully formed. You're coming in the middle of it. Um, it's really just quick stories that are kind of really kind of odd and off kilter and, um, and the humor is kind of, again, a little off, off of center. Um, that's kind of where I got that Rick and Morty vibe from it. If you, does that make sense? Am I the only one who? Yeah, it does. I, you opened that with, just let me, let me say this all the way and explain why. And then you went on to, it's, it's a lot like Rick and Morty. And I was like, man, it's a good thing he said that before or else I would have absolutely interrupted. Right. But yeah, you're right. Um, it's, it's a little, I, I get I get what you're saying for where you are in the show. Right. Like it's a little random. There's a lot of like every episode has a new thing that you're like, what is this thing? And then right. they set up new rules, and then the outcome of the episode has to do with those rules that they set up involving this new thing that defies our laws of physics as we know it. Yeah. As the show goes on, they get a little bit better with long-term continuity right and you start to find out like it's about steven's family and there's like a a season-long arc and stuff like that but i I definitely get for where you are now i totally get that comparison and it's kind of nice season one right now like you said it's it's kind of very episodic so 
all the pl- they're all like eleven minute long episodes, and the plots are wrapped up pretty quickly. Yeah, and and it doesn't it doesn't have a season long arc yet, so it's kind of nice because I can just like pop one on for ten minutes and watch it, and then yeah, if I watch that one and I'm like, eh, that was all right, I don't feel like watching another one. I don't have to, mm-hmm. but if it was really good, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it another ten minutes. You know, yeah. what's 10, 11 minutes? I'll just pop another one on. It's honestly one of the most annoying and frustrating things about it is that, um, like, once they really start getting into long-term story arcs, right? you know, you'll have an 11-minute long episode, and you're like, well, it felt like nothing happened because it's not a, a contained thing. It's part of... It's hard for them to make a short-term arc within a long-term arc like 30 times yeah. or however many episodes there are. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, it actually works out pretty well if you're binging it, which it's hard not to do, you know? Right. Yeah, I could see how that... Like, do an 11-minute episode of something that has a continuous arc through several episodes. It feels like, well, I just watched... I didn't watch a full episode. I watched a scene from an episode. And especially some of them have songs. So, like, the song will be, like, six minutes or whatever. And then you've only got, like, five minutes left for plot. Right. Yeah, I haven't gotten to a lot of the songs yet. I will say the songs that they sang, I think all of them were from the movie. And just listening to the music, I was like, actually, these songs are really good. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to listen. I'd see if the soundtrack is on, like, Amazon or something. Because I would totally listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I made an effort to not (laughs) listen to the soundtrack until I finished watching the whole thing. Because I didn't want to accidentally hear any songs I hadn't heard yet and, like, spoiled something. Right. Because there are some, like, if you listen to the words, you can kind of pick up what's happening and where the show is going. Right. Um, So be cautious of that. Yeah. But the other thing I was going to say that uh, it becomes very different from Rick and Morty. Um, I, I think Melinda told me this. And I haven't, well, I'll start by saying it's, inc- it's full of really great progressive values. Yes. So like if you want to like sh- teach your kids like about, you know, oh, love is love. You know, it doesn't matter. Gender doesn't right. matter and stuff like that. It's really good about that stuff and about how gender is fluid. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And uh, I think Melinda told me, and I haven't confirmed this yet. I haven't looked it up. I think she said it has the first um, lesbian wedding in it, which is kind of cool. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, for for a cartoon show, for like a kids right, cartoon right, right. show, for an animated show. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can with Rick and Morty is it feels similar in tone, and again, that the humor is kind of just like deadpan and off. It's just like kind of off. It's well, not even like the a, the artwork is kind of similar. Like the colors are so vibrant and and. Um, very polarized, right? There's a lot of bright reds and bright blues and bright whites and bright blacks. Yeah, I see. What, yeah, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, so yeah, it was interesting going to a panel. And if you go to Comic Con next year, I kind of recommend this. Like, go to a panel of something you have no idea what it is. Especially if you can find a main stage one. Yeah, a main stage one, especially because that means like you're going to get a hardcore audience and they're going to be really into it. Um, and it, yeah, the, it's always interesting to go to those that are in the bigger rooms because you you kind of get a feel not just for what the product is, but the type of people that the type of community that forms around it is always really interesting to watch. And plus, we got to see one of the actors totally drunk out of her mind. Next up was Marvel. Cup oh, my of gosh. She was so, <laughs> so either high or drunk or high and drunk. I think she was drunk. I think that's the joke they were making because they kept about talking her water about bottle. her water yes, bottle. They kept saying, do you want, do you really want to drink some of her water? Which I think indicated that it was supposed to be like vodka or something. Yeah, she was definitely, Yeah, it was really weird. And it's really weird now because her, her character is so deadpan on the show. 
And she was so weird. I know. I love her character is my favorite character. It was just yeah. She was definitely like drunk. I remember first seeing Garnet, that character she plays, and being like, "Wow, this actor is really good. How does she? How is she doing this? This persona?" And then I we saw her, and yeah, I was like, she's "Oh, she's so high or something. It's crazy." Yeah, uh, she was really drunk. That's always fun to do. Let's go see. Who shows up drunk? Anyway, go on. What were you saying? I went to see uh, Marvel Cup of Joe. And I didn't know what to expect from that, uh, but it ended up being Vincent D'Onofrio, an interview with Vincent D'Onofrio, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool. That's um, and I I love your story about how the revived Daredevil people said something to him. Yeah, save Daredevil. Yeah, the front three rows. I didn't even realize this until they were doing question and answer. And the first person who jumped up was wearing this bright red shirt. And I couldn't see what it was because I was behind her. But after she started talking, I realized that she was wearing the same shirt as everyone else in the front three rows. And they had tote bags and uh, like uh, backpacks and other just other things that all were red with white letters that said save I think it said save Netflix's Daredevil or something like that. That's a, I will say, go ahead. Sorry. Finish that. Oh, I was just going to say, she, she asked, is there any information on whether there will be a season four, whether or not the show will be revived for Netflix with the same cast? And they were like, uh, no. <laughs> it's just such an odd, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, to me, it actually feels like a really odd, like, movement to get involved in like listen daredevil was good but i don't know that i i'd like absolutely be so diehard about saving it it was look i i loved daredevil i would absolutely campaign and get signatures and all that but she also said they raised three thousand dollars and i was like you couldn't have put that towards climate change or, you know, death in the Middle East. Right. That's what I mean. Like, they got t-shirts and tote bags and stuff. Like, where the... Somebody put money into that, into the t-shirts and the tote bags. And there were three... I think where um, it's the sheer numbers. Like, the, the first three rows of of um, of the panel were, were Save Daredevil. And I was like, three rows? Those are long rows. That's like a lot of people. Not only for the merchandise, but like, each one of those likely had a regular fan uh fan verification pass right like at least for one day which is i don't fucking know how much that costs but probably close to a hundred dollars i would expect right somewhere between 50 and a hundred dollars yeah times 30 people there's your three thousand dollars right there before they introduced vincent d'onofrio i thought for sure it was going to be jeremy renner because they said you'll know this guy from the marvel film universe or something like that like you'll know this guy from from i think they said from tv with marvel or you know something that hinted at like one of the could have been anyone from any of the shows or the movies and then they said you'll know him most as an actor but he's also been a director and a musician and i was like oh my god it's jeremy renner because he just released an album like six months ago or whatever and uh and then they brought out vincent d'onofrio and i was like musician (laughs) But here's here's how you should have known it wasn't Jeremy Renner because if it was Jeremy Renner, they would have said uh, this gentleman is an actor and a musician. But you know him best from his super sweet app. Here he is, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. At first, I thought you said ass. Yeah, both really. 
<laughs> Both. Yeah. They could have introduced Vincent D'Onofrio that way as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Vincent D'Onofrio. So I think you had to leave after that, and uh, we ended up going to the Watchmen <clears throat> screening. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go to this one. This one I really wanted to go to, and I was disappointed. But um, you got to go see Watchmen. This is this was almost kind of your Steven Universe panel. It certainly because was. You have never read the Watchmen. I have not. Um, I've never seen. You've the never movie. read Watchmen. By the way, it's. Let me just recorrect myself before somebody fucking tweets me or something. Sorry, you have never read Watchmen. Not the Watchmen. Watchmen. People make a fucking deal out of this. They're going to get all up, up up my ass for saying the... Uh, you've never read Watchmen. And you went and saw the first episode of HBO's Watchmen. I'm sure we're technically not allowed to talk about it. So talk about it without talking about it. Did you like it? Let me say this. As somebody who has never even seen Watch or read Watchmen, could you understand it? Was it, does it fascinate you? And oh my gosh, what the hell just happened? Hold on, everybody. Oh boy. Let me tell you, we're recording right now. I'm still recording. Andrew's phone just hung up on me. That little son of a bitch. So while I'm calling back Andrew, here's a fun fact about Andrew. Andrew has a little teddy bear next to him. Hey. Oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> so what did you ask me? For you fans, I'll finish that thought later. Uh, Watchmen, as somebody who has not read the, the graphic novel, yeah. could you A, follow along with whatever was going on, and B, did you still find it intriguing enough that you you think you would watch, if not the series, at least the second episode? So, uh... I could follow along. Well, that was a rousing fucking endorsement right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> I could follow along super well. It's probably it's probably not enough to get me to want to watch the second episode. There's a there's a little bit of interesting stuff. I'm just not that interested in whatever is happening. Right. I it, it, I get what they're doing. What they're doing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this with no spoilers, or at least as like shallow spoilers as possible. What they're doing is creating an alternate universe from our currently current universe, where if Watchmen, the book, as we know it, the graphic novel or the movie or whatever, if that actually happened in the 80s, what would 2019 look like? Right, exactly. Um, but like, it's not, it's not that far off. Like, it looks like they're hunting down like white supremacists. Uh, okay. And that's the cool. I can get behind a show about that. Yeah, that's the majority of it. But I'm like, I mean, that's what we're doing now. Like the FBI is doing that. <laughs> yeah, but they're not wearing sweet ass masks while doing it. So Tim Blake Nelson is cool. Uh, he's really good, and uh, Jeremy Irons is fantastic. Uh, very funny. Really? Yeah. Well, sort of. It, he is usually a laugh riot. The Jeremy. Well, that's Irons. the thing, right? He's, is that he's he's very. Um, he's very deadpan and stoic and they use that pretty well for humor. He's not in that first episode a, a whole lot. He's probably got like at most, at most 10 minutes. Um, it's probably less than that. Right. He's probably got like two, three or four minute scenes. Okay. What else? Regina King, uh, is, seems very good. And there's a couple, there's a couple character cameos. That are cool. That if you watch, if you read Watchmen or watch the movie, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, hey, look who it is." Okay. Um, it's it's not. Look, the the value seems very good. 
they had the showrunner on there who also wrote and directed the entire thing and he yeah clearly he's one of us like he's obsessed with this book was it damon lindelof yes he is fucking obsessed yeah i mean that guy did lost he did yeah he did the i think he did the leftovers as well i actually was reading an article about him and the and watchman and he said that he turned it down twice before uh, before he actually decided to do the project and like turned it down over the course of years. They came to him years ago and was like, do you want to do this? And he's like, no, why would I ever want to do this? Watchmen is perfect. Then they came to him. That's interesting. Cause they said, he said that he went to them and was like, I want to do a Watchmen show. Oh really? Yeah. Cause I swear to you, I read an, an interview and he was like, they, 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 had talked about doing it, and he was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, I'll do it. That's funny. What a fucking liar. <laughs> he took a couple cracks at Lost, which were pretty good. I'm trying to remember what they were, but there was there was one really good one that was like, like I think someone asked, is this going to be like an open-ended show where like you you leave stuff open to the audience to interpret or what? And he said, no, I don't think so. The last time I did that, it didn't go very well. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I look, I don't... It might hold more value to people who are familiar and enjoy Watchmen. Okay. Because there's probably plenty of Easter eggs in the first episode, and I just didn't catch any of them. There's a bunch of weird stuff. Like, I don't think it's a spoiler, I hope not, to say that, like, there's a scene where alarms start going off, and the, there's two people driving. They're on their way somewhere. And these alarms start going off throughout the entire town and they go, oh God, and they pull over and roll up their windows. And then out of nowhere, the entire town starts raining baby squids. I don't think, I think it's, I don't think that's going to be a spoiler. I have no idea. It's never brought up again, at least in the first episode. They just go, I hate it here. And then it stops. They clean the windshield and then they move on. That makes sense. And I was like... I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's. I think that's going to come into play a little bit later on. I would hope. Or I hope it doesn't. I hope they just let it go. So yeah, there's that. Uh, oh yeah, and they said I'm not allowed to talk about it, but fuck them. Yeah, fuck you. What are you going to do, Damon Lindelof? You're going to sue us? They showed the first episode to like 4,000 people, you know, and then said, please don't talk about it. They know we're going to talk about it. Everybody knows. Uh, and then the last one I went to that day was the Cyanide and Happiness panel. Yeah, you love that Cyanide and Happiness. They are so funny. They're just funny guys. They are. They are funny men. They're very funny. They showed some old sketches uh, and some new sketches. Because now they're doing a lot of like um, animation stuff. They were just doing comics for a really long time. Right. Uh, I actually asked a question at this panel. I said... Um, because they've been branching out a lot. They they did. Uh, they started with comics. They're doing animation now. Um, they've got a card game that came out. And I asked, like, what's the next medium? You said, that... where do you get the balls? <laughs> so what is it that made you guys think that you're good enough to handle any of this? Who the fuck do you think you are? That's. I'm gonna go to. I think next year I'm gonna go to every Comic Con panel, and that's just gonna be my only question. <laughs> across the board hi my name's chris big fan big fan uh, my question is actually for everyone on stage who the, uh, who the fuck, fuck do you, you think th- where you do are? you get off <laughs> and just let the booze wash over me like <laughs> just like a warm bath just 
Oh, see, I don't think that would happen. I, I, I see it going as you get up there and you're like, who the fuck do you think you are? Thank you. Have a good Thank night. You. And then you just go and sit down and they, then you, they just move on to the next question. I don't even wait for the answer. I'm just like... Thank you. That went that went perfectly for me. Thank you. I'll see myself out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, yeah, they showed some new stuff. Oh yeah, I asked them what the next medium was, and uh, they said they would really like to. It's funny because they're on Verve right now, which is like pseudo TV. What? What is and, it? Uh, I don't quite understand it. It's it's like it's not quite a regular cable. It's like channel. TV. Yeah. It's like TV, but it's shot directly into your eyeball. <laughs> it's like TV, but what they do is they take a tube and they stick it up your ass and then they broadcast <laughs> a thing and it just goes feeds directly into your brain stem. You know, which is in your ass. Which is in it's I have a very large stem. So goes from my head all the way down to my anus. But so it's sort of like TV. I mean, I don't I don't know. I think it's I I I think it might be like a I love Netflix. the phrase it's sort of like TV. I think it might be like a Netflix style thing or like YouTube TV, you know. Okay, can our can uh, the next time we have to develop a new slogan, can it be it's sort of like TV? No, because it's not. The media lunch break, it's sort of like TV. It's sort of like radio is what it should say. It's Sort of like quality. It's sort of like quality. It's kind of good question mark. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of good so, dot 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 question mark. So the uh, so anyway, it's it's like television. That's all you need to know for this. Okay, great. And one of the guys said, I think the next thing I'd like to do is probably like get on get something on television. And one of them corrected him and said, Well, we're on Verve. And he said, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, it's something real. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep, way to bite the hand. They also, I, I won't repeat it here. I won't repeat it here because they asked us not to film them talking about it. Uh, and I want it to be a surprise because it's very good. They told us that they have, they, they said that they're always expecting that all of a sudden everyone will at once stop reading their comics and watching their animations. So they have since like the first month they have had their escape comic ready. Their last comic is written. All they have to do is put it into an anim- not an animation, but into the the panel format uh, and write and draw it and write it all out. And they explained what it all is. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So what we want to do is, if you'd like to see what that comic is, immediately stop. Get all your friends to stop reading. Uh, get all of your enemies to stop reading it as well. And let's drive these guys out of business so we can read that awesome comic. So that's Friday. Okay, so Saturday. Saturday, we went to the DC Villains panel to start off. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I fell asleep during that. Yeah, you did. You fell asleep a lot, uh, which is fine. Actually, that wasn't the most exciting panel. In the yeah, world. it wasn't great. That, and I, I uh, that was also my favorite joke of the day was when they were talking about Black Flash. I was like, his name is Wally West. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, they seemed to really like that on stage. Yeah, it was weird that they, I mean, I know you weren't supposed to go on stage and just grab the mic, but they didn't, I thought it was actually more weird that they didn't stop you from doing that. Yeah, well, in security, once once I got off, security was very gentle with me. Yeah, which, nice. I, which I found kind of odd. I don't know. I mean, 
whatever, man. You know, it's the con. You just... It was weird when they all started hiling Hitler, but after that, it, it sort of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it did get a little uncomfortable for me as well. But, you know, went in Rome, so I just went with it. Uh, I, I just found out the uh, Fuhrer is changing that phrase to win in Germany. Continue. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so what did we do after that? We got drunk, right? I'm pretty sure we got drunk. That sounds right. God, I wish. What did we? Do? What panels did we go to after that? We only went to one other one after that. We uh, we had thought about going to the Star Trek. Oh, was that the Stan Lee panel? That was the Stan Lee panel, right? Yes. Yeah. We had thought about going to the Star Trek one, but we decided not to for various reasons. Yes. So we went to the Stan Lee um, in memoriam panel, the Stan Lee tribute panel, which both of us were shocked it was not in the main stage. Yeah. And then after listening to the jokes of the people talking we very quickly realized why it wasn't in the main stage right anymore. we sort of figured it out well we we also figured it out because i mean for me at least i was like oh because this isn't a remembering stan lee panel this is a hey everyone i wrote a book about stan lee you should buy it panel well it was also a i which i was fine with even that on the main stage i would have been fine with because i get why he was leading the panel this guy who just who wrote a book about stan lee i got it he wrote a book about stan lee he seems like a good person to lead the panel it was more just like hey we grabbed a couple of people that knew stan lee and that i grabbed a couple of people that had met stan lee before and here's a couple of stories about stan lee and then on to the next person that told a story about right them being with stan lee it was which was quaint and it was nice but it wasn't really like here's a lot of people with the exception of the star attraction was todd mcfarlane which was there yeah who fucking brought down the house yeah i don't know if you could tell melinda who is normally totally emotionless was like crying we were all just like crying during this story right he was unbelievably good when he was talking about stan but other than that you and i had both commented on this of like what you do for this panel is there are all these comic writers that are already here at the con i'm sure any one of them you could get up on stage in the main stage and have a panel from both people from Marvel, people from DC, people from Image, people from who either had interaction with Stan or didn't have interaction with Stan, but can talk about as a comic writer or a comic illustrator or someone who works in the industry, the impact that this person had. Well, you know who else was there? Not just the writers or those people from the industry. Tom Hiddleston and Paul Rudd are there. Right, exactly. People who are in the movies, the big names that you can, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, uh, we were kind of shocked at the the level that this was put at. Because um, I feel like it could have been... Yeah, it was filled an hour and a half. It was filled an hour and a half before they even opened the door. They had to start turning people away. There was standing room. They had like 30 people standing in the back. It was, yeah, it was full. It was absolutely full. And it's, um, you'd think for, and I, I remember saying this to you, you know, for the first year, for the first con back from when he died, you'd think you'd have something bigger. If this was a few years down the line, if this was 10 years after Stan's death, if it was like, oh, it would be Stan's 100th birthday this year and we're going to do a thing, then, then I understand. If it was before his death. If it was before his death and it's just because Stan wasn't there or something, that's fine too. But like, I, the first con after he dies... The man who created so much of the industry, not just character-wise, but was a voice to promote the industry and an advocate for its purpose and for all the good things it can bring about, you know, 
the first con after his death that you have it just in this tiny little room with these people who had quaint and nice stories, but like it wasn't anything really memorable. You know, it was kind of a. Especially considering what was in the main stage. Like we didn't, there wasn't a lot there, right? Like we had a hard time finding stuff we wanted to go to. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And there was, yeah, the, overall the panels this year were fine, but nothing, there was nothing I was like really hugely stoked about. Yeah. Like last year, I remember there were a lot of panels where I was like, no, I really want to go to that. Yeah. This one, I was like, nah, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. Last year, three in a row at Madison Square Garden or the Hulu Theater or whatever they fucking call it now. Right. Like Melinda and I just sat through America, like and stayed there, American Gods, Into the Spider-Verse and Daredevil Season 3. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it wasn't, even at the Hulu Theater, even at the big ones, there was nothing really, like, huge this year. Um, so, yeah, so we went to the Stanley one, and that was uh, that was Saturday. Yeah, and then Sunday, the only thing that we went to, because um, cause it closed early, and I left a little earlier than you did, but I don't think you guys did anything after I left. The only one that we went to was the Batman Beyond 20th anniversary panel. Yeah, it was a great panel. It was a really great panel. Up until people started asking questions, and then you lost your fucking mind, which was uh, just wonderful to watch. <laughs> if you want to have a good Comic-Con, guys, what you want to do is you want to go to any panel that Andrew is in and just sit close to him as people come up to the microphone um, and are about to ask questions and watch him just have an utter meltdown at the frustration. Look... I have been doing public speaking for a lot longer than I've been an actor, a lot longer than I've been a podcaster, and like nothing bothers me to no end than people who have the guts to get up in the spotlight and like put their video on the jumbotron and hold a microphone, but don't have the guts to follow through with it. I know. It's really, I mean, I, I'm, as frustrating as it makes me to watch people like that, what kind of balances me out is to turn and watch you be frustrated at it oh my god you really can't stand it it's really fun it bugs me so much yeah. like what did you fucking think was gonna happen yeah i like when they get up there and they finally get in the spotlight and the microphone and you just hear this sound just uh, um uh uh and i'm like you've had just like <sighs> yeah you've had just You've had like 10 minutes to prepare for this moment, buddy. Like, yeah, you knew, like you said, it's not, there's no surprise there. All right. At the end of and this. And the two that, so there were two specifically that bothered me more than the others. They're all of them, almost all of them were really rough, but there was one where like, they were like, okay, so we, we're running late. We've only got like six or seven minutes. We want to get as many people to ask questions as possible. So please keep it short. Please don't tell us how much you love us. We know that's why you're here. You know, so that's fine. And like, okay, I was like, look, man, if I was getting up there, you got one shot. You say, thank you so much for being here. I love you all or whatever. I'm a big fan. And, you know, you can say whatever you need to. Uh, collectively... But the dude... You, this guy, I thought you were going to get up and just rip his jugular out. This guy, I love. Oh, I almost Go did. Because there were six people on the panel, right? Like six or seven. And uh, the guy went through and explained 
to the first two individually why they were so important in his life. And then he was cut off by, I don't even remember the guy's name, but the guy like running the show. And he was like, look, please hurry up. So the guy just started doing it again, but faster. But in a faster tempo. Like that was going to help. Man, that guy was like, yeah. I was going to deck that guy. Yeah. And you know what's funny? It's kind of opposite to the Steven Universe people is that you could feel the group collectively want to just tear him limb from limb. Yeah, man. It's kind of, you could feel the mob mentality growing, which is kind of great. Like I do, (laughs) in a very Shannon Freud way, I do love watching like the mom mentality of a Comic-Con where people will instantly turn on one of their own and just kill them just in every way, shape or form. If you go out of step for one single thing, if you misspeak or you like, you know, start taking too long at the mic, they just start ripping you apart. Like they'll just start booing you. This is a person who like is not a professional and they're just standing there and they just start booing this person and (laughs) yelling at this person. And they're like, get the fuck off the mic. And they're just, it turns into a whole thing. I want to really, what I should do is I should get up and start purposely doing that to see how far I can get before someone just comes up and kills me. Well, and the other guy was, he got up and he got like, I don't know, four words in and then just stopped talking. Yeah. Was that the genie? Yes. Is it the, was it the Aladdin genie that like yes. just had a meltdown? Yeah. This guy, which I shocked me to know it. So this guy gets up at the Batman Beyond panel and he is dressed as Will Smith's Aladdin character. The genie from Will Smith, from Will Smith's Aladdin. Will Smith's Aladdin. How dare you? I know. I know. I called it Will Smith's Aladdin. What, I don't know. Whatever. To be honest with you, he also doesn't look terrible. Like, he could actually pull that look off. Yeah. So I just found it a weird contradiction that, like, you're confident enough to walk around topless at Comic-Con the whole time and be able to pull it off. And yet, when you get up to the microphone, you are just fucking dumbfounded on how this whole thing works and can't say two words. I didn't understand it. I was about to fucking jack that dude. Unbelievable. Oh man. Just go back and do some more bench presses and shut the fuck up. That being said, Kevin Conroy, I don't think he knows. I he, I think Kevin Conroy doesn't always know exactly what panel he's in and it doesn't matter. <laughs> he is the same. It's just the same shit from panel to panel. Anyway, I, I he generally just doesn't know what's happening or I don't think he he does either I think they bring him out from one stage to another and he has no no clue where he at any given point in time do you think he thinks he's Bruce Wayne I think he thinks he's Batman yeah I don't know if he thinks he's Bruce Wayne but I definitely think he thinks he's Batman he's a national treasure he really is we should preserve him and that was Comic-Con that's it that was it. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna mention? Do you get anything cool? Do you get any good swag? I don't think I got some any really good swag. We gave out some good swag. Yeah, I got some of Kevin Conroy's hair when security was escorting me out. You did get some Conroy hair. That was really cool. I got um and not off his head. No. That was really yeah, yeah. I got a microphone. Oh nice. It it says New York Comic Con. Are you using the mic right now? Because at the Javits Center right now, there's some techie being like, why is that voice still coming through? Yeah, I definitely am. 
A hundred percent. Did you take that camera home? Did you take that television camera home with you? No, I, uh, I hid it and then I made a series of clues for the scavenger hunt. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have Will Friedell in my closet. I was probably the coolest swag that I got. Oh, that's we're record we're recording on National Coming Out Day. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was probably the coolest swag. Yeah. Have you been feeding him? Oh fuck! No feeding. I said feed. Not. I should have punched some holes in the door or something to let some air in. We should wrap this up. I need to check on something. No, don't wrap him up. He needs to breathe. Oh, fuck. No, no, breathe. All right. No, okay. Oh, we, all right. Hey, Andrew. Hey, what? Andrew. Yeah. Hey, what, Andrew. What, what's up? Where can, hey, what? Andrew, where, where, what? Uh, what? Hold on. Will, I'm coming. I'm coming. Hold on, buddy. Where can they find us? They, don't say I'm coming. <laughs> They can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can listen to us in all of those places. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. If you're listening to us and you got something free from us from uh, New York City Comic Con or maybe a bingo box or whatever. Then you're fucking welcome. <laughs> that was aggressive. But, Sorry. You know, not only are you fucking welcome, but, you know, say hi to us on, on Twitter. You can either send us a DM, which would be nice, or you can give us an at. Whatever you want to do. You can also find us on Facebook. Yeah, it's the least you can fucking do, you ungrateful ingrates. Thanks for joining us on our first episode. Your first episode, not our first You episode. can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, youtube.com slash the media lunch break. Check out our videos there. Patreon.com slash the media lunch break. Go give us money, please, or else we'll die. Uh, will Friedle will definitely die if you don't give us money on Patreon. Uh, and then you, you know can- what? That's a good idea. It, I want to raise $100 on Patreon or Will Friedle dies. All right? <laughs> Done. He doesn't mean that. If, if the CIA is... I'm going to cut that part out. Because <laughs> what if he dies? And then this is like the last thing to go on. Listen, let me tell you something. If he dies, that is going to be the best media exposure we could have had since we got sued by that Hungarian production company and bought up by Disney. I feel like O.J. Simpson's already coming after us for your stupid Bronco joke. That was a great Bronco joke. Look up the Bronco joke. It's the best. It's a great Bronco joke. We're going to have some best of episodes coming out real soon, and it's going to be in that one. So it's going to be in whatever year that was. It's going to be in that episode. You can also email us on the, at uh, themedialunchbreak at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, www.themedialunchbreak.com. And thank you still to our first patron that we ever got, Julie. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Julie. You're the best. And that's it. That's it. We did a thing. There was no thing, and now there's a thing. And that's how easy it is to make things. And hopefully, Chris will take Emerson to see Joker. And um, yeah, we'll be able to talk about it. You should just send Sarah to see Joker and see what her thoughts are. I, You know what? From now on, when we review movies, I'm not going to watch them anymore. I'm going to send Sarah to, to watch them and to write me up a report on how it was. And then I'm just going to oh my God. refer to that. There was a baby in my theater crying the whole time. What a pussy. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right, that's it, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye.